0: feel it so strongly in the Holy Ghost that God has so much more than we have ever seen before. And uh, I, uh, I wanna talk to us here tonight um, on, a, on a subject uh, that I think will help us in the, the realm of much more. Um, I believe everything that we need is in the Holy Ghost. And I think that within us is a treasure that is full of untapped potential, and I think sometimes we use a pint size of what we really have, and I just want us to, uh, tonight, allow there to be a releasing on a greater level, maybe, and uh, let's see much more in 24, amen, amen. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna read uh, one verse of scripture, and then we'll uh, launch from there. First Corinthians chapter two and verse number nine. And uh, we'll start there and then I'm gonna read a few more and we'll just kind of get into this tonight. Uh, First Corinthians chapter two and verse number nine. Bible says, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love him. I just simply want to talk to you tonight on this subject, the unseen realm. And I want us to, uh, hopefully, uh, my, my prayer today has been that before we leave here, we would desire the spirit realm more than we desire anything else. Because that's, that's the real realm. That's the real thing. Amen. Amen. Let's just take a moment here and let's pray. Let's ask that God would have his will tonight, have his way tonight. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word and the burden that you have placed upon me with this word. Thank you for what I feel at Eastwind tonight. Lord, I pray that you would bring this out of me as you have put it in, and that it would be deposited into the hearts and minds of everybody that's here tonight. God, we need you more than we've ever needed you. We need you more than we've ever needed you. I need you more than I have ever needed you tonight. I ask that there would be a special visitation of your spirit, Lord, a special visitation, God, into this place, and that you would touch people in a special way. Lord, that you would visit us with your glory. I'm hungry for your glory. I'm hungry for the deep things of God. More than I have ever desired the deep things of God, I desire it now, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. The spirit world is the real world. Before there was a heaven and an earth, there was a God. Job teaches this to us in his book. When you read the book of Job, when God gets ready to address Job and correct Job after his self-righteous state, he opens in Job 38 and 1, and it just simply says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? whereupon the foundations thereof were fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof. Verse number seven, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. This is proving that before there was ever a terra firma called earth, there was in the heavenlies, in heaven, there were angels that literally did nothing but shout for joy in the heavenlies. They stood before the throne of God and, and, and they praised him. We know that Lucifer was one of those angels of which his garment was that of, of stones that was the reflection and and it was literally, it was an instrument, and as he moved, it would, it would produce music, and it was his job to, to just reflect the glory of God, and there was great joy, and there was great dancing and shouting in the heavenlies. This was before God said, let there be anything in the heavens, there was a supernatural. And so we must not be afraid of the supernatural realm. We must not be afraid to enter into these realms of the spirit that maybe we don't understand or have full understanding and comprehension of. Just because we don't understand it always doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to venture out into waters of which we have never been into before. We are taught that in first Corinthians 15 and 52, the Bible says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last Trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We are going to put on a, a, a body that is, is not of the flesh. It's, it's not corruptible. It's a spirit thing. And this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. And this mortal is going to put on immortality. We are going to be in eternity. Everything that we are doing on this earth right now, we are not living for here. We are not living for this earth. I, I, I know that there was a generation that believed you shouldn't have a retirement. You shouldn't have any anything. You should just Jesus could come tomorrow and, and he could come tomorrow. And we don't we don't go that far out anymore. We believe you should prepare. You should set your children up and their children. up. We believe that however, friends, this is not the world that we're living for. I'm caught up lately with the pool of eternity. I feel, I feel heaven lately harder on my heart. It's pulling, and you can feel the weight and the pool of eternity. Friend, I want to remind you today, James put it this way in James 4 and 14. This life is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and it's going to vanish away. But I want you to know that there is something beyond this fleshly life. There is something beyond this mortal life. We're going to go somewhere, whether that place be heaven or that place be hell. We are going to spend eternity somewhere. I believe that as I begin to pray, when pastor asked me to to speak this Wednesday night, that God challenged me to challenge this church to tell you that I feel strongly in the Holy Ghost, that we must not be so focused this year on the natural, but that this is going to be a year of a genuine visitation of the supernatural. We've got to prepare ourselves to visit heavenly realms and to awaken to the call that deep is calling unto deep in 2024. I I feel it in in the undercurrent of what I feel like God wants to do. The much more that God has, it's going to be found in the depths of the Spirit. Last year we heard that it was a year of being set free in 23. How many could testify God did something where we were delivered from things last year? Last year, Pastor led us, and, and we heard that we could be freed from financial bondage, freed from fear, free from fatalistic mindsets, free from being a victim and, and having this idea of, of, of a victim mentality. We could be free from want free from wrath, free from footholds, free from destructive friendships, free from past mistakes and and many other powerful messages last year. Words from God that we heard come across this pulpit. And I think we could testify God set some things free last year. Amen. God delivered us from some things last year, and in 24, I believe it will be a year where we go beyond the realms of freedom because God delivered us, and we're going to step into the realms of more this year, amen. And in that understanding that we were delivered from things last year, I was taken to uh, the parable where where God begins to teach us uh, about the strong man, that he has to be bound if you're going to spoil his house. And that's the only way to, to take the house of the strong man. If you're going to take some territory, you first have to bind the strong man. I was reminded in studying that of of the story of David and Goliath. It was for the territory, but all they wanted was the two strong men to meet. And whichever strong man had victory, the other side was going to have peace. And that's kind of what you see here. You see in this teaching that you got to bind the strong man if you're going to spoil his house. But after that, that strong man is spoiled and that deliverance takes place, that that man is going to go to, that spirit is going to go to dry places, the Bible says. And he's going to look around and wander around. And then all of a sudden he's going to say, I'm going to go see the condition of what was set free. And he goes back and he visits the house that was set free. And when he visits the house, he finds it furnished and swept One literally mean that uh, one translation that I studied out today literally mean that it was adorned. It looked the part. It it was pretty on the outside and, and, and it was swept. It was cleaned up, but it was not full. There was no occupation in the house. There was no dwelling in the house. And my fear is that sometimes we, we look like we're clean and, and we dress like we're clean. But when you, when you get to the are we full part, and that, my friend, is how you're going to stay free in twenty four. You can be set free in 23, but it's gonna take being full of the Holy Ghost to stay free in 24. And so, as you look at that, you see that, 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 that there is this understanding that if we're going to have the, the house looking good, and, and it was man, it, everything was right, but first. There has to be an occupation because I, I, I promise you that somebody is going to come, that spirit that we were delivered from, the things that, 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 that God broke us free from last year. It's going to come looking at the house saying, boy, I, I just wonder what's going on in there. It looks good. It, it, boy, it, it smells good. Boy, all of this looks right, but is it full of the Holy Ghost? And this has got to be a year where we're full of the Holy Ghost, where, where we tap into the things of the Spirit, where, where prayer is, is not a job, it's a delight, where, where coming in and, 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 and saturating this house with prayer on a Wednesday night, it's a joy and it's a pleasure. And waking up tomorrow morning and, and having time alone with God, that's how you're going to stay free in 24. And that's how you're going to engage the vein of much more in 24. It's all in the Holy Ghost, friend. It's all in the power of God. Amen. 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 And, and I, have, I, have, I have fasted and I, I've prayed and, and I don't say that to get a pat on the back. I, I don't like to say that I, I've been that guy's... I locked away and fasted and prayed, but I, I, I've been trying to get a hold of God and, and I'm feeling this year that there's, it's like there's an unsettling in the natural, there, there's, there's an unsettling in the world. There's, well, what if this happens or what if this doesn't happen? What if this party gets it or this party doesn't get it? What if, what if, what if, what if? And it's like, boy, are, are we going to have a civil war in 24? Well, I mean, what's going to happen? I think only Brother Jenkins is really ready for a civil war in 24. I don't even know if he's in here. If he's not, somebody send him that, amen. And it's, it's, there's, there's an unsettling. You can feel it. There's an unsettling. But then I remember the scripture telling me that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But I also remember the verse after that saying the kingdom of God cannot be moved. And that's why we've got to be sure that this year we are more invested in the kingdom than we are in the natural. Because if we start laying eyes on the natural and we lose sight of the supernatural, you're going to feel overwhelmed and overcome. You're going to feel like you can't get ahead and you can't have more in 24 unless you get a hold of the spirit. And we learn that this year has got to be a year where we're not looking on the natural. We're not looking or whether it's going to be Republican or Democrat or a civil war or no civil war. Is there going to be another strand of sickness come through? Uh, Who knows what's going to happen? But I do know one thing. God's still good and his church shall not cannot be moved. What about the economy? How can we give in 24? i tell you how. God's kingdom is not the kingdom of the world. Isaac sowed in the season of a famine and reaped a hundredfold harvest. How is that possible? Because he wasn't a part of an earthly kingdom. That which can be shaken will be shaken. But if you're invested in the right kingdom and you're pouring into the right thing, everything will be all right. And I, I, I feel, I feel that, that we have to remember remember what, what we learned in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 15. And the Bible says, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and hosts come past the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And after he said that, Pastor, I, I see, I see the servant looking around, saying, But there's only two of us, Elisha. And I'm looking around, and when I look around, I see, I see chariots and I see an army surrounding us. What do you mean? There's more of us than there are of them. Because you're looking in the natural, buddy. <laughs> You're, you're, not, you're not looking on the, on the eternal things. You're looking on the temporary things. You're not looking on the things that are going to last. You're looking on the things that are going to fade because those chariots are going to fade and those horses are going to meet a grave. But, but what you're not seeing, it's going to be here long after all of that is gone. And I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost here tonight. And he answered, you cannot fear for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And he said, Lord, would you just open his eyes? And he saw... And when he saw, what did he see? Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. The mountains, they, 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 it was full. That, that mountain had, had chariots all over it. And, those, hey, hey, and you could just picture that servant beginning to tremble. But what he didn't realize was is they were already there. He just wasn't looking for them. In uh, the supernatural, had he have been looking through the right lens, and he had been paying attention to the real world, what was already there would have brought him security when he was worried. And so, friends, this has got to be a year where, where we, we tap into the unseen realm. Uh, it's, it's unseen, but if you want to see it, it's there. In the natural, you're not going to be able to lay eyes on it, but in the supernatural, you're going to see things this year if you will allow God to open your eyes tonight and you will invest into the things that matter. This will be a year where God does things through us that we have never seen. But Lord, you've got to take the scales off of our eyes. Let us see in the realm of the supernatural, the unseen realm, the realm that you cannot see through the lens of the natural man. But if you'll get in the spirit, I I firmly believe that there is a there is a ploy of the adversary right now to get us consumed with the natural world. And it's not a new tactic. It's an old tactic that we would get consumed with this natural world. Friends, the natural world will fade away, but there's a real world out there. There's a supernatural world out there. The kind of world where Stephen, after he gets done looking at the people and telling them you are stiff-necked people, you're just like your fathers in the wilderness, And God convicts their heart, and instead of them responding to the conviction with repentance, the Bible says they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost... Yeah, that, that, that's an important statement right there because he could have been full of fear in that moment. He could have been full of worry in that moment. But Stephen said, I'm not looking through the lens of the natural light. I'm not looking through the lens of the natural eye right now. I, I'm looking through a different lens. And he looked up. Oh, so we got to change our gaze in 24. I said, you've got to change your gaze this year. This has got to be a year where you quit looking so, so linear and we start looking more vertical. We got to quit looking this way and we got to start looking that way. Look up for your redemption. Draweth nigh, friend. Bible said he looked up and when he looked up steadfastly into heaven what did he see but the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and he looked at those people who were gnashing at him who were angry full of hatred towards him he said I see the heavens open." And I see the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. What do you mean, Stephen, in the face of your adversary? You're about to meet your death. You're about to become the first martyr of the apostolic church. And you mean to tell me right now you don't see that? No, 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 no. Because you're looking through the lens of the natural, my friend. And while they're picking up stones and they're getting ready to take me out of the city and kill me, I see Jesus we got to change our gaze. We've got to look up. We've got to change our posture. We cannot be stooped down and hung over. We've got to look up. Why? Because that's where we're going to draw strength from. We've got to get up in the unseen realm. we got to get up in the realm that you cannot perceive with the natural eye, but in the supernatural. Woo! I think about men like Micaiah who, who, who are brought by a wicked king and, and on his way. They say, listen, all these other prophets have already prophesied good news to the king. You better prophesy what he wants to hear. Oh, I can only prophesy what the Lord tells me to prophesy. And he stands before a wicked king and prophets who have prophesied with a lying spirit in their mouth. And what does he say? I saw the heavens open think about it. I saw the throne of God and I saw angels all around the throne of God. And I saw a spirit visit the throne saying, I'll fill their mouth and they'll prophesy what he needs to hear so that he can go and die and get out of the way of God. What was he trying to say? I know I'm about to stand before people who are going to put me in prison. Because that's where he was headed. He was headed to prison. But he was not worried about prison. His gaze was upward. He was looking toward the unseen realm. He was looking toward the realm that cannot be perceived through the lens of the natural man. He was looking to a realm that could not be perceived. He was looking up into the much more realm the much the much more realm the spirit realm where where blessings live where where favor lives where where things begin to change and shift in people's lives because we're not looking down we're looking up i think about people like the prophet daniel in captivity and yet he could still, he could still get a hold of God. I think about Ezekiel among the exiles, and yet he said, I, I saw the heavens open, and what did he see? He saw the throne of God. He saw a glory, literally a a mechanism of which would move the glory, and wherever this would go, this, 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 this movement system, the glory would follow it. John, I see him on the Isle of Patmos, and, and I just see him, although he could have been consumed with exile, he's, said, no, I'll go ahead and get into the unseen realm. Because if we're going to go where God wants us to go and do what God wants us to do, I'm telling you, we've got to get our eyes off of the natural. We've got to get our ears off of the natural. And we've got to get into the unseen realm. Think about David writing things like Psalms 18. Verse number four, he begins, the sorrows of death come past me and the floods of ungodly men have made me afraid the sorrows of hell compass me about the snares of death prevented me but in my distress i called upon the lord i cried unto my god and guess what he heard my voice out of his temple Woo! and my cry came before him even into his ears and watch watch how the unseen realm begins to kick in then The earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because God was upset. Then went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. I love this. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, What did he fly upon the wings of the wind? David said, I was surrounded. It felt like by death itself. Hell was about to reach up and swallow me up. But then I called upon the Lord. And right when he called upon the Lord, things begin to change. And as we know a little bit about wind here in Florida, right? You know when a breeze just kind of boom, it just shows up. And you're like peeking out your window. You're like, man, that kind of came out of nowhere. I think y'all had some bad winds yesterday, didn't you? Where did that come from? How did that get here? It, it got here so fast. David said, the moment I called upon the Lord, he put his chariot upon the wings of the wind as quickly as the wind can show up outside right now as quickly as the wind can gust outside right now God showed up on David's behalf on the wings of the you got to think about that friend that's the unseen realm I see David in the supernatural surrounded by foes surrounded by the enemy a vagabond in his own land because he was the rightful king at that point anointed to be so and all of a sudden David said but I know I know who's coming my way I've been in the unseen realm. I refuse to be to be to be caught up in the natural right now. I know things are bad. I know life is hard, but there's something happening up in the heavenlies. I see something moving. I see something shaking. And then before he knew it, the wind and God worked on his behalf. That's how the unseen realm works. We look tonight to our text in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, but as it is written i hath not seen nor ear heard neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which god hath prepared for them that love him paul was quoting the prophet isaiah found in isaiah 64 and 4 for since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear neither have they seen o god beside thee what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Paul put it this way. When you love him, you're willing to wait for him. That's the key to the unseen realm. Time with the Lord. That's the key to much more in 24. Time with the God of much more. That's why in Isaiah 40 and 31, he said, they that wait upon the Lord... They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Friend, I want to tell you the key to the unseen realm. It's very simple. You've got to get alone with God. You've got to spend time with Jesus. You've got to carve out time in our busy schedules and in our busy days. And you've got to get into a dimension of prayer where the unseen realm begins to go to work on your behalf. I see two dimensions of prayer. The tabernacle was given to Moses as a earthly representation of a heavenly pattern. This heavenly pattern is how heaven operates and this tabernacle, I believe, patterns the two dimensions to prayer. You have an outer court and you have an inner court. And within the inner court, you have the holiest of holies. I believe one of the issues that we have with prayer, is this all right tonight? I believe one of the issues that we have with prayer is that we very rarely leave the outer court. Here's the issue with never leaving the outer court. The outer court is where the altar is. And the altar is a place that everybody must visit. That's why Paul said, I die daily. You must visit the outer court. You must find an altar and you must die. But death is not fun. And in the tabernacle, if you were to be downwind on sacrifice day, I imagine that those that stepped out of their tent, they got a a horrid smell of the stench of burning flesh. Can I just talk for just a minute? Nasty smell of singed hair, burning blood guts that were piled and, and the stench of death wafted over Israel. It's a dirty place. That's a hard place. But you must visit the altar. The altar is where Dylan goes to die. The altar is where my pride dies. The altar is where my struggle dies. The altar is is where my flesh says, you're not in charge. My my spirit says to the flesh, you're not in charge anymore. The altar is where the fire takes Dylan and says, you're the older brother. And tonight it's time for the younger brother to be in charge. This is a work of the flesh and the flesh has got to go so that we can get into the spirit realm. But the issue with, with the altar is that many of us never venture beyond the place of dying. And, and, I, and I'm just going to talk to you tonight because I've seen in my travels that it seems like we never really leave the altar. We, we come to the altar and we die, but we don't pray long enough to get to the beautiful things of God. Because the outer court, it's, it's a gruesome place. It's, it's a stench ridden place. It's a place where really there's no beauty there. There's no excellence there. Death is all around. But if you can get from there and clean yourself up at the labor and the next thing you know you venture into an inner court. And in the inner court things go from bronze to gold. In the inner court you have the beautiful tapestry of, of all of the beautiful, beautiful uh, 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 garments and, and, and linens and things that they had within there. And, and you have the golden candlestick and you have the table of shoe bread. And, and out of nowhere, the stench of death passes and you're greeted with the incense, the incense that represents true worship. And you're visiting now the beautiful things of God. You're visiting beyond, beyond the place of death. Now you're venturing out into the second dimension where prayer becomes beautiful, where prayer becomes attractive, where prayer is no longer a drudgery of death. It's the beauty of worship. It's, it's the majesty of getting to be closer to that throne, the mercy seat, where you know the glory of God is going to visit where you know you get to be in the Shekinah presence of God. And so now, now you're no longer dying on the altar. Now your hands are lifted in true worship and, and now you're, you're beginning to be ministered to and light is illuminating things within your life. And God is beginning to reveal things in the darkness of that tent where only the light of, of, of the candlestick glows. And, and, and now, now you're starting to see things that you haven't seen before and you've gone through the stages and now you're stepping into to that final place the place where you just kind of stand there and, and just wait on the lord and see this is this is where it takes time because there was no way beyond that veil to get to the ark of the covenant there, there, there was no picking the veil up and sliding underneath it no You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting on for God to, out of nowhere, take you out of the flesh and move you into the deep things of the spirit. And this is where you visit God on his throne. I see it this way. I see that there are three dimensions Even even when you look when John John was on the Isle of Patmos pastor and I see this kind of I see this kind of represented there you see he's on the Isle of Patmos and and that's a place of exile that's a place of hardship I see that as being the outer court but then the Bible says that John decides to get in the spirit on the Lord's day. That's beautiful, and he comes out, out, of, out of that current situation, and, and he starts getting revelations to the seven churches, and, and man, this is great. Man, this is beautiful. Man, this is wonderful. Look at all that God is doing, but then out of nowhere, you step into chapter 4 of Revelation, and all of a sudden, God says in, his, in this beautiful Bible, he says, and, and there is a door, and I hear a voice saying, come up higher i'm already in the spirit lord but you have not entered into this dimension yet john come up to this level and when he steps through the door now he's in the throne room the holiest of holies this this is where John doesn't just get a revelation of the now but now he's reaching into future things now God is beginning to deal with things that nothing had I mean I mean he's tapping into things that Daniel saw now he's getting into things where men of old they they, they they prayed and they fasted until God visited them with these beautiful revelations of the end time how did it happen he didn't get in a hurry when he was in the spirit And see, this is what we do. We get in prayer. Boy, it feels good when the goosebumps hit you. I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it when the power of the Holy Ghost moves in. But God's been dealing with me. There's another dimension. There's another level in prayer you have not seen yet. There's another place. It's up higher up higher dylan it's 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 beyond man i feel the holy ghost right now this this realm of the spirit is beautiful but 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 you're only in the heavenly now let's come up to heaven because there's a difference between the heavens and and heaven there's a difference between those two dimensions and i see it in the spirit i see god beckoning come on up a little bit higher east wind you've had great moves of the holy ghost but come up higher Come up to much more, come up to where my throne begins to execute judgments, come up to where I sit on the throne and you see a lamb and then the lion come, come up higher, come up to the next dimension. That's the place, the unseen realm, that's the realm where God begins to deal with people. This, this level of prayer, it's, it's not easy, this level of prayer it takes, it takes discipline and it takes going beyond. And I'm sorry, I've taken a, a while. I didn't even realize it was 8.15. This, this is what Daniel did when, when he fasted for 21 days. And He put his face on the floor and he prayed. All Daniel was doing was praying. He was, when he won the battle of prayer, when he won the battle of consecration, he didn't realize that in the heavenlies, God was winning the battle that he could not win. Because there are things in prayer that that if you can win the daily battle of prayer, God can win battles that you were never equipped to fight. And I think sometimes we're trying to fight battles that were never meant to us because we don't win the battle with prayer. But if you can win the battle with prayer, God can win the battle in the heavenlies. And the next thing you know, you tap into the unseen realm where an angel steps down dressed in linen and beautiful gold. And he walks up to you and says, I'm coming for your words, Daniel. I heard you since the first day, but I was caught up fighting a fight you weren't equipped to fight. And I think sometimes one of the reasons we are so weary and well doing is because we're fighting fights that we're not equipped to fight. But if you'll fight the fight of prayer, God will fight the fight that you're not ready to fight. I, I, I want us and I, and I truly feel I feel in the Holy Ghost that God is inviting East Wind in 24 to the unseen realm the dimension of much more, the dimension where the flesh cannot visit it's a dimension where you've got, you've got to die it's a dimension where Jesus says, "This cometh not but by Prayer and fasting. It's a dimension where if you try to understand it according to the book of Corinthians with a carnal mind, it'll seem like foolishness unto you. If you try to wrap your head around it tonight not thinking in the lens of the spirit, you'll think I'm just a crazy man dressed in blue. But if you'll venture with me tonight into the unseen realm, if you'll venture with me tonight maybe to a realm you've never visited before. Maybe there, things will start making sense that haven't made sense. Maybe there, God will start fighting battles that you're not equipped to fight. This past Sunday, I preached Sunday morning, and after service, the Lord asked me to stay back. And so I went to the offices, and I shut the door on the world, and I stayed there until Sunday night. I've been very sick. Uh, over the last, about month and a half, I've had horrible bouts of the flu. I, I don't know what it's been, I, I, I've lost weight and I, it's, it's been weird. And between services on Sunday, the Lord said, Dylan, just stay back. I Shut the door on the world. For the first time in my life, I felt angels come into a place of prayer that I did not know existed. I felt strength come into my body that I did not have. And I felt the healing touch of angels move in upon me. And it was like I drank 15 energy drinks. That's the only way I know how to describe it. (laughs) And I felt the strength of the Lord just baptize me. And From Sunday night, the Lord has been dealing with me with the unseen realm. East Wind, this is not a place that is reserved for the... Select for the elite. This is a place reserved for the Spirit. And that's why in 1 Corinthians, after, after Paul said, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. He went ahead and made it very clear. But the Spirit hath made it available and revealed it unto us. There was a day when it was not available to everybody. There was a day where it was only for the prophets, it was only for the Daniels, the Isaiahs, the Elijahs. It was only for the Micaiahs, it was only for those. But today, it's for you and it's for me and it's for you. But Isaiah keyed us in to how to visit that place. Paul called it love, Isaiah called it waiting. Our time must be willing to go into the unseen realm. I believe many of us have prayed for strength. We have not allowed us to visit the place where strength comes in. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. There is a dimension of much more. I believe that this is not just pastor finding a catchy phrase for us in 24. No, no. I believe our man of God visited God and God gave him this for us. But the much more does not come from average, and it does not come from ordinary. It comes from much more. This cometh not but by prayer and fasting. So I challenge you tonight, I prayed, God, open up a dimension that we have not seen, the unseen realm. Let us visit a place in prayer that we've never visited before. Let people, God, that are hurting and broken, let people that are weary, let people that are worried, let them change their gaze tonight. Would you lift your hands with me right now? There's a visitation of the Holy Ghost here. Lord, Let there be a desire for the unseen realm released here tonight. That's it. East wind, lift your voices. This will not come from anybody prodding you. It's a simple invitation of the Lord. Who wants to come up higher? At any point, John could have said, I'm satisfied with this level of the spirit but then he heard the voice that said, come up higher. And he said, all right, Jesus, I'll come up to the next level now. That place where I'll see the lamb, that place where I'll see the one that's worthy to open the book, that place where I'll see the four and 20 elders. Come on, let's visit there tonight. If you want to come to the altar, the altar's open. If you want to make a place of prayer for the next few minutes, I invite you to make a place of prayer for the next few minutes. But there's an invitation here to the unseen realm. There's an appetite that God is wanting to put within people to visit a place you've never visited before. Go beyond the altar. Go beyond the, the, the death of the flesh. Yes, the flesh must die, but can we go beyond that tonight? Friend, can we go beyond that tonight? Can we visit the dimension of much, much more? Allah, Baha that's it that's it that's it that's it that's it Lord I love you atalaba hashe mekeya ndala bohsheke maka tala reke ndala borokoshe hallelujah ji